0: What up, everybody? This is
1: another episode of the Black Pill Podcast. I am your host, OBJ. And my
0: other co host, introduce yourselves.
2: I'm Savannah Lee. Hey, guys.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Jordy. And today's Black Pill topic is digital
1: economy. And today we have a special guest here tonight. Why don't you
3: introduce yourself? Hi everyone so i'm victoria i'm a digital and content marketer and i help female entrepreneurs with e-commerce stores market themselves and increase sales
1: hey go 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 so yeah today's life of topic like i said is about uh, digital economy uh as far as you know the focus is digital and computing technology um uh, it covers basically about you know business you know economic social uh, cultural activities know things of that nature you know how it has been progressing over like the past decade you know and we've seen how it has integrated into a lot of different areas and fields like as far as like you know healthcare you know education banking um you know how it has evolved into the digital space as far as digital platforms you know as far as digital goods and services um you know and things of that nature so but our main topic of coverage for those things for digital economy is kind of like we're going to trick it down to e-commerce and digital marketing. And I think our special guest has a lot of you know, knowledge and wisdom about that. So, yeah, we're going to just dive right into that. Our first question is, um, how did you get, you know, passionate about e-commerce and digital marketing? How did it start off for you?
3: Well, originally, um, I didn't study marketing I was studying engineering and after I finished studying it you know just to get your degree I realized okay this is what I want to spend the rest of my life to do so I started freelancing and uh, I was freelancing for a company in LA and they needed somebody to help them with uh, marketing and social media so I started in that and most people in marketing start with social media and then we start to branch up (laughs) towards And then we start to branch upwards and kind of find the different spaces that you fit in as I go along. And I realized I really loved content marketing. I loved e-commerce and everything surrounding it. And those were the two things that I decided that I'm going to specialize in. Almost like a a doctor, you know, every doctor has their specialization. Every marketer has their specialization as well.
1: All right, cool, cool, cool. So um, can you tell like the listeners uh, and the viewers like what e-commerce means or in digital marketing means so they can have like a better understanding of that?
3: So e-commerce is in layman terms just online shopping or the um, positioning of selling a product or service online through either a online platform that could be a website, a landing page or an e-commerce store. An e-commerce store is also just like a makeup of all those things. So in layman's terms, it's an online store. For anyone technical, it's an e-commerce store.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool.
1: And then also because you uh, uh, kind of built up the platform of like also consulting. So how did consulting came about as far as mixing, you know, digital marketing and e-commerce or even just other areas where you feel like, okay, how can just doing consulting be a part of that?
3: Well, I, (laughs) I chose consulting because I realized that a lot of people, when I started my social media page to kind of just get my brand out there, let people know that I exist and that this is something that I do. Naturally, I do services and consulting came because so many people would reach out to me in my Instagram account or on Facebook. And they'd ask me all these questions. And I realized that sometimes I was like, I was spending an hour answering one question, going into detail. And I was like, why don't I just do consulting? So Mm -hmm. it almost came like an afterthought. And I realized that some people, they don't always need like a really fancy tool or they don't always need someone full on. Sometimes they just need someone to create a strategy for them or just point them in the right direction to how they can like pivot their business. So it's for people like that who just need to like pop in, pop out.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. And uh, from my understanding, there's like different types of e-commerce as far as like you know business to business, business to consumer, consumer to consumer, consumer to business. Can you like elaborate on those type of you know e-commerce models?
3: Okay. So those e-commerce models are just slightly different. You know, as you said, so um, business to business is technically if you're a business and I'm a business, I would buy from you. So let's say that you sell office supplies and your e-commerce store has office supplies and I'm a business, I'd buy from you. Likewise, business to consumer is technically, um, if you're Forever 21 and you're online, I'm a customer, you're selling to directly from a business to a customer. And sometimes you have um, business to retail where a business will sell to a retail store. So those are the three main form of e-commerce stores. And we're mostly used to talking about or seeing B2C because we are the customers that buy from the brand.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. And then I just want to kind of like have my co-host kind of chime into that. So how do you, what do you, what's your thoughts about, you know, as far as like how the digital world has been involved, especially in the economy, you know, uh, with, you know, the platforms, you know, we have different, um, you know, Ecom or businesses involved electronically that's kind of like integrated as far as you know, Amazon, you know, Shopify, all these different platforms is using these like online tools to help build their business. So, what's your thoughts about you know how things have been progressing, especially over the past decade? And it feels like it's gonna keep evolving. Well, Well,
2: oh,
0: sorry. (laughs) 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 Here we go. Slight delay.
3: Well, not, not to make it too broad, but I mean, it, even just us talking about how e-commerce has changed during COVID and during the past year and a half. It's completely different than how it was 10 years ago. People are shopping more, more people are creating e-commerce stores. They're starting their business during a pandemic. Wow. Um, they found that more Gen Z and millennial people are buying things online. And a lot of the people who predicted what people would be buying online or selling online, it they were wrong. Most of them are wrong because they were expecting more people to have babies. They are expecting wow. more people to buy alcohol, but less people are having babies you know, less people are drinking, more people are into health, more people are moving from fast fashion to sustainability. So uh, the culture has completely shifted so much that even fashion brands have to change how they do their e-commerce store because they have bigger competition. So it's like, what is it going to be like? Everything that we're going through now, it's not just for a period of time. It's going to change how we're going to be in the next 10 years. So digitally, there are a lot of new revolutions that are going to come our way that we didn't really consider.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good point because we experienced like the the digitization of e-commerce and everything sped up so much that the growth that it like the time it took for, Facebook to get mature, for Instagram to get mature, for all these platforms to get mature was like this, and then the digitization during COVID was like this. And I actually think that in the next 10 years, everything that we've experienced in the past year is going to grow like times 10, because when 5G comes out and we're able to have virtual experiences, and I'm walking down the street, and then a Pizza Hut ad Shows up in my virtual goggles. I think that's going to be a whole different landscape, and I think that point is interesting too. That that you said, Victoria, about sales skyrocketing. One of the things I spend my time thinking a lot about, and this book that I started earlier today called Quantum Marketing, is Mm -hmm. is
3: good book, by the way. Oh, you read it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it's a really good book, and the, everything that we're experiencing now, we're going to have to rethink that. So what, what are some of the things or like some of the trends that you've been helping people to pay attention to? Whereas like, um, like I have one marketing client and she is currently trying to pivot her business. She, she, she's trying to leave real estate completely, you know, because um, she's been doing it for 18 years and she wants to move into a space where she cannot like she doesn't have to be out on the go all the time you know she wants to leverage that experience to help young realtors who are coming up like what are some of the things that you've been helping people to like navigate through
3: well i think i would start with probably four things um one is that as you said a lot of things are going fast but as fast as things are happening as fast as trends are happening they're also Ending very fastly. As fast as people are creating businesses, some of them are crashing very quickly. So it's really just one about finding that one trend, that one platform or business where you're able to be sustainable for a long period of time because as great as it is that a lot of people are growing things, a lot of people are moving from place to place in the digital space, there's not a lot of sustainability or a lot of people who have gained sustainability. And I speak about this, like whether you're a business owner, whether you're an influencer, because there's so much going on, it's survival of the fittest because other brands that have been around as long as you are gonna fight just as hard as you. So if you can find a way to master longevity, Mm -hmm. as a podcaster, as an influencer, as an e-commerce fan, then you're able to grow as things change no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And then two, I would say definitely content. Content has always been something really important, but because of COVID, a lot of people have been forced to really start to generate content. And it's not just quality over quantity, it's always quality. It's not just quantity over quality, it's always quality. But quantity is now a factor that you have to place in. Thank
0: you for saying that.
3: (laughs) Let me get to the third point. And the third point is you have to follow the right thought leaders in the digital space. And one more thing that COVID did, which was a bad and good thing, is that there were so many experts coming out with this is what you should do with your e-commerce store this is what you should do with your following and there's so much basic knowledge there's so much wrong knowledge and there are people who actually know what they're talking about so you have to start shifting through to find out who are the people who actually know what they're talking about who are actually giving you substance and even if you have to pay for it and who are the people who are just riding the wave because we had an expert wave where we had tons of webinars tons of people talking about this is the workshop if you want to pivot but they're not really giving you anything. So you have fake guru. It was like a fake guru season at the same time. So if you can find longevity, create better content with the, with the quantity, as well as finding really great thought leaders that you can follow, learn from, and connect with, you'll be good. And the last one is like community. Community is such an important part of the online space. Mm-hmm. just like your marketing client. One of her biggest assets as a real estate agent is community, whether she's teaching young realtors or she's working with clients. Without that, whether physically or in the online space, you're not going to survive very long. You're not going to have people who are going to engage in content. And you're also not going to be able to find the right people to connect with who are actual experts. So they all connect together.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. just because so, uh, so I want also Savannah's thoughts. How do you feel like um, the digital economy has progressed for you and just seeing it evolve over time
2: for you? Um, well, I mean, to touch on what Victoria and Jordy both said, um, I feel like the evolution of um, business and how it's done this day and age, it's so important for you know, entrepreneurs to evolve into the digital space because not only COVID changing things and literally making it so that you have no choice but to figure out, hmm, well, how can I keep my business thriving even in this climate? But just as the years continue to go on, um, you know, I was taught a great, great quote by one of somebody that I look up to, change is the only constant. So if you're not continuously looking to change and develop according to the times and what's going on and planning your business based off of that, planning, you know, future forward, then you're gonna sink. So um I just think that, you know, for all of us, even as creatives, it's really important for us to constantly think about how can we keep our presence relevant. You know what I'm saying? And you know the digital platform is really great for that. So
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, dope, dope, dope. So um, another question is about marketing value. Because I think that a lot of people go into the space of trying to, you know, make a business or start up one and they're very excited and just like, oh, like, you know, it's cool to kind of like have this kind of like online shop set up or anything like that as far as the goods and services. But um, I think another factor to kind of put in is just like knowing your market value determining your prices and then seeing how you can make a, a a good amount of profit or margin that is just like, okay, I can sustain it well enough, but I'm still maintaining my value. And then also the market and I'm putting myself out there so that like it can like thrive. So for you, Victoria, what, how is important for like people to determine your market value or how did you determine your market value? And, you know, as far as, you know, doing your business and how it has helped other people in that aspect.
3: Uh, I think that's, that's something that constantly evolves, just like how your brand grows with you as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that when it comes to, there are three things, again, I I make lists, guys. (laughs) But there are three things, which is one, um, definitely your branding, your branding defines where you stand in your marketplace, who you attract and what you're doing. And then your pricing And I say this often, your pricing is a signal to the people that you want to attract. So just because you have it, it, my clients always ask me, do you think the price is too expensive? Do you think it should be more cheap? I would ask them, who are you trying to attract? Who's the person, who's your ideal target audience and can they afford this? If they can't afford it, then that's a yes or a no. Because for some people, spending $200 on one product is literally nothing because they want that product. And for other people, they prefer to spend $20 on one product. And that's because that's that, that demographic, that's what they do. So branding, pricing, and three, um, consistency. Again, as much as you may want to brand yourself, sell the things that you want to sell for the price. If you're not consistent in what you're doing and how you're constantly growing your business, you're not going to maintain your marketing position or your position in in the online space very long.
2: Mm -hmm. But also it's quality though, right? Because um, it might tie into branding, but as you were speaking about before, there's a lot of fake gurus and all these experts coming out the woodwork. So it's also just... (laughs) (laughs) How are you able to determine like your like how were you able to back up the confidence that you had in your skills to like set forth a price or how do you um, recommend to, you know, your clients, like this is what it should be um, based on the services that you provide? Well, I also think that if you're going to
3: charge something, the quality should definitely go without saying, because you can't charge $200 on a cardboard box drawing, you know, sorry about that. You can't charge $200 on a cardboard box drawing. It has to definitely match up. And your customers will definitely complain about the quality. So one um, I do have some clients where sometimes I have to be like a motivational speaker to them. And I have to be like, you know, you know, that your quality is good. Just price it this way. Just keep doing. And then there's some people where I have to be brutally honest and I have to be like, your product is not that unique. Your quality is not that great. So you have to ask yourself, or you have to ask the people around you, would you buy this? What would you change about it? And what would you make it better? Because quality for somebody who has a skincare brand and quality for somebody who has a fashion brand are two different levels that they have to measure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's not to say that you have to be completely perfect when you're starting your business, because again, sometimes you have to learn along the way, but you should be fair about how you price your products and how you brand yourself so that it matches the quality that you have at that level or the quality that you're actively working to to get to that level because i know some people who they started out as fashion designers and they were charging ten thousand sorry that was in jamaican let me change it over to us they were charging two two hundred dollars three hundred dollars for their pieces and as they were going they had customers telling like hey if you're going to charge me for this the material has to be matching this and they learn along the way and they do it it's when you don't take the feedback it's when you don't improve that you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your customers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's a really um good point, Victoria. Like to price yourself where you're at, and um because we're in the age of businesses being built at scale, uh, a lot of times I found people feel like they have to get everything right, and I found that a lot of businesses that are started right now they feel like they need to get everything right for the launch. When in truth and in fact, the launch is one part of the entire journey. And of course, you want to make a great first impression. And of course, you want people to respect the time and energy that you put out. But it's an iterative process. And to to your point, Savannah, I feel like confidence is built with consistency, like Victoria said. And and there's a principle that I just made up called called the fellowship principle, meaning that just like how you go to church or you go to the book club or you go to the coffee house every week, if you show up consistently for the people that you care about, you'll build confidence and you find the core group of customers that you need. And mm-hmm. because the internet is recent like it's growing, like everybody is one day gonna be connected. But the beautiful thing about it is that, for example, in New York, if you go on one block, there'll be three churches. But everybody doesn't go to the same church because each church has the same message, but it's contextualized differently. What what I mean by that is, although there's 10 million photographers, 10 million videographers, 10 million marketing consultants, there's room for everybody to exist because small groups. So Facebook announced last year, I believe, that One of the recent changes that they're making to the platform is that they're focusing on groups. And because they're focusing on groups, that means that people are congregate. Like there's groups about insecure. There's groups about Snowfall, one of my favorite TV shows. There's groups about um, to find jobs and everything like that. And one of the things I believe for each of us is that we don't need to have Ten thousand followers, because I know a lot of people with ten thousand followers that do not have a sustainable business because they probably don't know how to do it. But then there's people that have five hundred followers that have thriving businesses because they found the amount of people that they need to survive. In addition to the fact that they're not trying to sell to everybody. And they've found within themselves either they understand that they are not a good business operator, because in order to be good at business, you have to be talented and to be able to deal with high amounts of stress. 95% of businesses fail every five years, even if they, if they make it past the first year, you know, and like three to
3: five years. It's three
0: to God. five years now. Yeah, right. Like, so that's a high failure rate. So like uh, I I really feel like we're not looking at the numbers or, or like taking a real self-awareness approach to it, you know, because just because it's easy, doesn't mean that you should, maybe you need to partner up with somebody, you know, and but
3: just to connect to it, as you said, you know, the more consistent you are, it falls into the quality and your pricing. And even as you said, as long as you attract the right people, you'll be able to, you know, sustain your online store because you're not marketing to everyone. You're marketing to somebody like you're marketing to a specific person.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, another question, because now uh, uh, keeping in mind about target audience and, you know, ways to attract, uh, how important for you is building relationships with your clients? And then also, I think the difference between transitioning a client into a customer.
3: Oh, right. Um, I think one, building relationships with clients is obviously a no brainer. But here's the thing. There are a lot of small online businesses or small black online businesses that ask people to support them, but they give very terrible customer support and they don't nurture their community. And then they wonder why people don't buy from them or why people have a problem or why they have haters. That's the first one. So definitely customer service. And I'm very honest. I am not the most patient person when it comes to customer service. So I've learned that I would rather answer your question 30 minutes later to ensure that I answer it professionally and correctly rather than answering it in a moment while I'm doing so many things. And as I've nurtured my customer base, 50 percent of my 60 percent of the clients that I get are references like After I finish working with someone, they refer me to another person, whether it's in New York or whether it's here locally in JA. And the rest comes from people who are finding me on Instagram or finding me on LinkedIn and they're asking to work with me. So I've learned to respect my customers and even if... You have a bad experience with your customers, or you know things didn't work out because it's life. You know, not everyone you're gonna have a pleasant working relationship with. Just ending it respectfully and professionally. I've had some. I've had a few of them still um, refer me to other people to give me work because of how well I handled the situation. Mm -hmm. So nurturing that, being respectful, and I treat people like people. Don't treat people based on how much they pay you or how much. Um, I don't know what the young people say, clout they have on on the interwebs, you know, treat everyone the same and Mm -hmm. you'll get back that energy because sometimes I've learned that it's not the person who has the most followers or who's the most high profile who's going to give you back. Sometimes it's really just like the simple person who's your raging fan, who's sharing you with everyone they know so that they can work with you. And your second question in turning you know, just people who are interested in your business into customers, yeah. systems, like it, it's systems, having systems in place and letting people know that they can buy from you, which I know sounds like very, very simple, but a lot of people have their products and they're not letting people know that they can buy from them. They're not letting people know this is on sale. And having a system is what are the things that you can, what are the barriers you can remove out of people's way so that they can move from being interested in your product, interested in your brand to actually buying from you. And that means removing the DM for prices mentality. That Mm -hmm. means, putting a link where people can actually click on it and go in there and say, okay, they're not going to be lost. They're not going to be asked a a whole bunch of questions. You're going to get them from point A to B as seamless as possible, no matter where they interact with you, whether it's on your social media profile, your website, or even in your emails. The more barriers you put up is the less likely. People don't want to work for buying from you, whether it's a product or a service. Anytime there is something that they have to work for, automatically their brain just goes lazy and they'll go to a bigger competitor who's gonna make it easier for them. So making it easy for people to buy from you, having systems in place to ensure that you are remarketing to them, you're constantly in their feed, you're constantly in their inbox, you're letting them know that, hey, because sometimes people need to interact with your brand between seven to 30 times before they make a purchase that's Uh how often people need to so it's like for example if you see a donut stall a new donut stall and you pass there it's going to take you seven to 30 times while you're passing it back and forth or seeing its logo for you to be like maybe I should try this
2: crazy exactly I think that's why now like you know whenever we see well, things in the media, that's why they're so kind of like flashing in your face and very just like fast paced because it's acted like it's a competition of the more we can get people to see ourselves, the more especially like on Instagram where you're scrolling, you see all these ads. So it'll be the same ads, the same type of ads, but yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And
1: then another thing that you kind of brought up is the self-service aspect of like being in a digital space or a digital business. because like, you know, instead of people coming to you about questions, you have you have, like a section where people can link and say, these are the quick asked questions or the,
2: the FAQs. These are my
3: FAQs. These are the steps. This is what you need to do. Yeah. And people don't read like point blank. We don't read like, point blank. Sometimes the instructions will be there and will still message. But the fact that you have it in place just in case to like, hey, here it is,
2: mm-hmm. it helps a lot. Because well, I will be like, hey
3: guys, if you want to book a call with me in my bio, if you want to book a call with me, click the link in my bio and I'll put in my captions. If you want to book a call with me, click the link in my bio. People still message me. How do I book a call with you? <laughs>
2: oh
1: my God, I, I just not to cut you off from um, like but you just you think about like, I don't know, like especially being in a digital space, especially with you know social media, everything like that, probably being a, a, a big impact about that and just what's everything that's going on in the world is just like, you know, I feel like you know, common sense is just like trickling down or, or a bit or just having like fluctuation points. And like cause like you just run up a point, just like people ask questions and I'm just like, well, it's it's right there in your face. Like you just gotta turn your head, and look, you know what I'm saying? And also have the ability to think for yourself especially when you're operating in a business or you're operating in, in the uh, perspective of a client or a customer. So um, I think that was always important because, you know, I had those kind of issues as far as like some clients or potential customers that would ask me a question. I'm like, all right, did you, did you check out the links? Did you do this? Did you follow the steps or whatever? And it's just like, you know, it, it, it bothers me sometimes, but like, you know, that's the kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to call it error, or just society that we're kind of like operating
2: in. So I don't, I
3: don't it's just agree. how customers are. It's just just how they are. You have to go with it. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I pointed out, like the the you know, making sure that whoever you're following or whoever you're learning from knows what they're doing, because. A lot of people can be misled or even you as a business owner, you know, you're always trying to keep up with what's happening. Sometimes you'll see this like this is the new Instagram algorithm, which is not really the new Instagram algorithm. It's just them showing you what they now consider wholly as engagement. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Instagram is all about you paying them so that you can get the most of your engagement. It's a business. But I digress. So yeah. like learning, finding the places where you can actually learn. and also um, helping your customers to actually learn what they need to learn about you as easy as possible so that they can see that you are someone they can rely on for information.
1: Yeah, I think like simplicity is like a really big, especially for me, I love simplicity. Sometimes there's, there's parts where I like, i little sway off of that, but um, just for, you know, especially when I'm a conversation with you prior to this you know, podcast, it's just like, even like the way you design something, you know, the, the readability about, you know, how people can like see from, I think I was taught this in like uh, one of my classes for designs, you know, when you're making a flyer or you're making any kind of graphic uh, logo or anything, is that where is their eye directing to? So when they're reading or looking at something, is it going from top left to bottom, you know, right? Is it coming Is it going across? Is it going from middle to down? So those are the things that kind of kept in mind. As far as like you know, certain designs or certain like, or if I'm working with a client and doing portraits or sketches, is that where where do they see themselves visually? Because I'm a visual learner, so I like right, to see right. something where it's just like it's very easy. I'm just like, okay, all right, it's this day, oh, this is the topic, this is what's happening. Boom, I got it. You know what I'm saying? I think I being complex is so
3: much more easier than being simple. Being mm-hmm. sim- simplicity is is a harder skill to learn because it's easy for us to complicate everything. Everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you you have any info on that, Jordy, because I mean, uh, you just want to chime in on like the aspect of probably the aesthetic of like designs or how things are made in the digital space. You know, when you see flyers or anything like that, especially when uh, one of the the worst flyers I'll probably have to put out is party flyers, is probably one of the worst flyers I've ever seen. It is all over the place. What is this? Like, where is my mind going? that's the but no i but i don't know jordy, you have it's uh, supposed to
2: confuse you till you go to the party clarity. <laughs> for clarity so that's where
1: um so uh, I, don't, I don't know jordy areny yeah mean, but uh,
0: what, what was the question because i stepped out to get the door for a little bit um so basically it was
1: turning from like just the, the relationship from client to customers and then also um you know Just how we operate, you know, as far as like, you know, just design wise, when you're making a flyer or anything like that, like how appealing it is that you're trying to attract these people, especially if they come to you with, you know, different questions or anything like that, you know, you have all these links and it explains all these things, you know, with the FAQs, but they'll still come to you, you know, so I don't know if you have any experience with that, you know, as far as like client interactions and then their relationships as far as like, you know, asking questions when it's pretty
0: obvious like the links is there to help guide you and you know putting that kind of direction yeah well to um, victoria's point it um people don't read they never will read in there and um, e- even if you put it right in front of their face they won't read you know but um where i stand on it um it, in the photography slash marketing community i'm a big proponent of um i and, and I think the last part of what I heard Victoria mention is that like to like show the client how this works, you know, because um most things like 95%, 99% of things nowadays are commodities. So for every one skill set or one talent or thing, there's a billion people that do it, you know? So with that, there's going to be different degrees of customization. So even when somebody does ask me a question and to me, because I'm the, expert i know how it works i have empathy as a business owner because i don't expect them to know how it works i don't expect them to know the the type of questions to ask or what to look for i'm actually grateful that they reach out in the first place and i have empathy for the fact that they might not even know so as a business owner that's usually my first approach you know because hey look like. They, they they could have been anywhere else on the interwebs, but they chose to be here with me. And I, and I, and I'm gonna take that time to make that work. I have many times where I'll give somebody a $500 budget, mm-hmm. and they they can't afford it. And I literally refer them to the top three people that come to mind. And it might not even come back to me as anything, you know, like I don't ask for a percentage, but I just think it's good karma, you know, because if you treat people good, you, um, you'll, the universe or God or whatever you believe in will reward you. And as we
3: spoke about earlier with nurturing customers and they'll help to build your business.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and then the other point too, I love simplicity. My biggest motto is make it plain. So if I'm trying to explain a concept, um, I I did a workshop on pricing the other day, and most of the um, examples that I cited had to do with conversations I've had with people on pricing. When you just start, it typically it's a good strategy to price your products low. That's penetration pricing. Very simple, you know. If yeah. um, it, if you have a product that you think might look better beside another product, then make two products one more expensive and then the cheaper one that's still a high price that you want to sell make it a, a little bit less and the people will probably buy it that's psychological pricing you know so I, I love simplicity and mm-hmm. w- what I've learned about graphic design it, it's the organization of information in a meaningful way and the human mind is designed to see things visually you know like that's how we evolved so, I think that it's really difficult, like Victoria said, to make something simple because human beings are chaos, you know? But like, it, it's the mind, like our minds are designed to try to make sense of nonsense. And most things in the world is chaotic and nonsense and everything, you know? So it, it's an attempt. Like it, if you can make things simple, then keep it simple, you know? Because people think that in order to be an expert, you need to sound experty. Experty, you know, like you need to do all. <laughs> the yeah,
3: like all <laughs> <too>. experty. <laughs>
0: experty, yeah, I love that. You know, like you don't need to be experty. Like, if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer, then say you don't. Yeah,
3: just tell them you don't know the answer. I get questions all the time. Sometimes they have nothing to do with marketing. And I'm like, I can't answer that question or it has something to do with business Mm -hmm. or something in marketing that's just not in my field. And I'm just like, I don't know. And like you said, sometimes you just have to refer them to other people. Like, I think you should talk to this and this person. And again, it comes back to you because they you were professional enough. You had the empathy enough to guide them to who could help them that they're going to whether they do it directly or indirectly bring back to your business. So, yeah, I would ask you guys, like, what are some of the predictions that you think are going to happen in terms of, like, the online space of business and just consumer behavior? Like, what do you think is going to happen next year or, or by the end of this year? Mm,
1: it's, it's that, was, that, was, that was literally, like, one of my questions. But I don't know. Anybody else want to start? I'll-
0: so, by... By the end of the year, we're probably gonna see the first versions of um augmented reality probably becoming a reality. Mm-hmm. And and it already exists, but it I, is. it I think it's gonna become it, it's not consumer-friendly right now. You know, like VR is only used at big conferences. And I usually don't hop on a piece of technology until it becomes consumer like you know like if my little sister or little brothers or little kids in middle school is using it that's usually a good trigger for me so AR I, I think is going to be one of those things and I think that we're going to see more applications of blockchain technology so like mm-hmm. I think um we're going to start seeing the first signs not necessarily full on, but the first signs of being able to use um, forms of crypto in a very practical sense. Like that's one thing I feel is going to happen. There are
3: already a few e-commerce stores or apps that take yeah. cryptocurrency as a payment.
1: Yeah, i heard that as well, yeah. Uh, but uh, just to say my thoughts, um, I feel like, you know, people, there's, like a, there's a time period where it's just like you know, we've seen the evolution growth of a, a lot of people, especially from, you know, millennials and onwards, and how they're kind of just tapping into so many different things and just learning about different aspects about digital, or even stocks, you know, um, that's something I'm, I'm kind of like, been diversing in as far as learning about stocks, learning about different areas in the market where like, um, my kind of goods and services will be valuable there, and then how to see how it kind of plays off with as far as like you know, with different customers, different kinds of that aspect. So, I think like you know, finance probably like two, three, four, five years from now, I think a lot of people is going to be learning more and trying to kind of like not stay in one area because people are just very multifaceted, multidimensional, so uh, they don't like to be stuck in one place, you know, often or not. So when, as things are adapting, you know, people are going to be writing, but there's probably some crazy thing that's going to be happening or, you know, where like, I don't know, like our phones is going to be popping up with some holographic, I don't know, some, some crazy nonsense. And then i I'll, I'll love to have that, like a phone like that, just like holograms or whatever. And then you could just kind of like shift your hands or something like that. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll want to live, so let's see. You already see. live in the digital world, bro. Yeah.
1: I like
3: can't holograph right now doing hot girl stuff. Okay. <laughs>
0: No, but it Instagram is virtual reality. But yeah. like it, it's gonna be primitive in 20 years though, because most people as soon as they get up, they go on Instagram. Yeah. And and in 10, 15 years from now, when stuff is really, really at scale, then this is gonna look like caveman technology.
3: Yeah. What about you, Savannah? What are some yeah. what do you predict by the end of this year going forward?
2: Well, I think graphically um you know we've seen apps like TikTok come out and then other baby TikTok apps um also come out like inspired by um i was on this app the other day called Bigo B I G O and it's like this really fast paced like app where people are connecting and talking live and you know there's Clubhouse and so Um, I think just uh, human connection is going to become more and more accessible and it's going to be literally as simple as the tap of a finger. And we're seeing it already. But what I'm saying is it's it's going to evolve in terms of you're just going to start seeing more of these. And so it's crazy to say, but I do think that at some point, Instagram might become obsolete because just the graphics of some of these apps that I'm seeing and and the capabilities that exist within the app, you know, either instagram keeps up which they've been doing a pretty good job at or they're gonna get left behind so i'm or steal or steal Mm -hmm. or steal yeah (laughs) so i'm just interested to see all the different platforms that are going to be coming out definitely by the end of this year that do that
1: Mm -hmm. okay okay cool what was the name of the
2: platform you said sorry what was the name of the platform it's called bigo b-i-g-o b-i-g-o okay It's pretty crazy on there, though. I wouldn't advise you to go on there. I literally, I almost had an anxiety attack (laughs) when I went on there. I was just like, what's going on? It's just all this stuff on the screen. and It's so interactive. It's really cool, but it's just a lot going on.
1: (laughs) Like, you know, for me, like, uh, I I had discussions with Ben and Jordan and other people about this. Like, I wasn't, my, my, I have, like, a lot of traditional writers, so I wasn't always in the headspace of, going into digital platforms and then you know trying to you know test out how my art will kind of like be of influence or impact in those kind of spaces because mm-hmm. like, like this is the dopamine and the addiction of just the functionality of it and just like you know this like uh, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode um just the way that it's it's made that you have to like keep scrolling and keep like your eyes, you know, fixated at some point. It's like, it, 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 you're just so locked in. And then just like, damn, like how do I pull myself out? Like cause some, some my, people's identities are either revealed or either conformed with, you know, these kind of digital platforms as far well as, you know, Instagram, TikTok, like you said, um, you know, Clubhouse. I don't like Clubhouse. I would never, I, 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 I just don't want to dive into too many, uh, Platforms, but like you know like you were saying like you know the old things are going to keep evolving and they've got to keep testing out and they got to keep i don't think everything is really stony because everything is you know
2: it's regenerating okay so
3: great artists steal you know. they reinvent yeah you know <laughs> Different. yes the great artists reinvent so they reinvent yeah. the wheel but you know some there was an interesting podcast that went on like you know these Online platforms are made to be addictive. They're made to keep you on. So they're doing their job. Mm -hmm. They're made to do it. And I think a trap that a lot of people fall into, especially when they have an online business or they're creative, is that they're so focused on trying to impress the gram rather than actually doing work that nobody really is gonna care about or nobody's gonna see. So yeah. there are a lot more people trying to impress people they don't even know for validation they don't even need. Yeah, so I exactly. have-
0: It's not a problem of the platform though.
3: That's not the, that's, that is not the platform, but the platform is not helping. It's just like saying, like, I know this is an extreme, but it's just like saying cocaine, you know, cocaine on its own is just cocaine on its own. Mm-hmm. But when you have a company that has vending machines of cocaine easily accessible to people, it it's like, you're also a part of the problem. Because you- that
0: we love human connection more though.
3: We say that we love human connection, but you also can't ignore the fact that these human communities and connection on social have also created cancel culture for a lot of things that don't need to be canceled or the fact that an opinion is now something that is very rare because you can't really have an opinion you have to agree with the masses, or you have to fight or even just minding your own business on your own social media platform is now something you have to fight for so there are the pros but there are also a lot more cons that we can't ignore as you shape but i off.
0: think that those things have always existed though the those the things have always
3: existed but social media has i'm not saying social media is evil like i said cocaine is cocaine by itself but when there's when there are certain companies that want to drive vending machines of cocaine and they're just like hey you don't have to be on it you don't have to do it but we're socially created to be this way i swear to god every time i'm on a zoom call that dog barks all the time all the time before i was here silence you you heard the silence right
0: like there was nothing
3: nothing and it's always when i'm talking um <laughs> sorry about it. so I mean it's 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 I'm not one of those people who are saying um social media is the end all be all but like I said if this company makes money off of your attention that's fine but what it's also doing is that we don't have mediators like social media Where are the generations as are there any Gen Z people Anybody? All millennials? You guys are all millennials? Okay. So for all the millennial people listening, we are the people who are fast-tracked into technology. When we created social media, we didn't create the proper social etiquette and guidelines in time enough because we didn't know any better. But now that we know better, we're also not enforcing it as best as we can. So we've created this powerful medium where it's it, it can do so much good, but it's also distracting a lot of people from creating more inventions, doing more things. It inspires it, but that's for the very few. It's also another thing that's contributing to attention span. Like a lot of scientists have said, people who have better attention spans are the people that companies are gonna look for because that's gonna be so rare because of how consumed we are by social media. We're attached to our phone. We're constantly checking notifications. We created this environment. Mm-hmm. We haven't set a lot of powerful guidelines in place. And then we have this new generation that they are more distilled into it. So they have a little bit more of not the best, but they have a little bit more of a rule book better than what we had but it doesn't stop it from being something that can supercharge you and have more negatives than positives. So that's just my outlook on social media. I do believe it's a powerful tool. It's something that can help tons of people. It's helped underdogs. It's brought light to a lot of important causes, but it's also been spreading misinformation. It's also one of the cause of anxiety and depression. It's also one of the things that have, based on your algorithm, based on what you're interested in, whether you're on Google or Instagram or Facebook, it will show you more of that. So it's going to block your worldview of learning from other people. So if you're looking at a lot of, um, let's say um, Trump Trump stuff, it's just going to constantly feed you just Trump stuff. Your algorithm is going to be made to feed you one set point of view. So now you have people growing up thinking that, oh, like this is what it is and every now and then you'll see one and two posts because it's from somebody else's account that's following you so as i said there's great good but there's so much more power and how it constructs our society like there are hate crimes there are companies destroyed by social media and i don't think we as millennials have taken full responsibility of it And I don't think we have helped the next generation to be equipped to be completely prepared for it. I know that we're trying and we, we get better every generation, you know, sustainable fashion, environmental, but that is a part of one of the things. And I mean, just to point back to my question about what are one of the trends that are going to happen at the end of the year is I think that your skill set has to be on an international level. Like now that Remote work is, I've always been working remotely for three, four years, right? Um, Now that remote work is now a thing, now that people are more connected now than ever, they crave community. You have to be more on an international standard of your skills, of your personal brand, and what you bring to the online space. It's no longer your community or your culture or your country. It's everybody. So that's definitely going to be intense. Yeah.
1: I think uh, like I don't know if I would phrase it as digital accountability because I think uh, a, a lot of issues in our, especially in our societies, people not taking accountability. You know, uh, that's like you know when a, a, a mom tries to apologize, she'll cook for you or something instead of like you know saying I'm sorry. You know those kind of simple words. But uh, you know just to kind of like close out with this last question, um, there's a thing I like to call uh, you know. Uh, you're the first one of our special guests uh, so I like to call it a dose of reality so this is a question where I like to prompt as far as like uh, you know people who are stuck or in a space where you know they're learning e-commerce or they're learning about uh, marketing or you know consulting uh, what advice or kind of I guess dose of reality you would provide those people in those spaces or like a hard reality or truth that you know that comes with you know learning those things you know you know or, or being in that kind of space and you know trying to grow from there
3: okay so i would say just to keep i could go on and on but just to like condense it you're not always as good as you think you are there's always somebody better than you and there's always somebody better than that somebody so always be prepared to learn um just like how a lot of people stop reading after high school find different ways to read. You don't even need to read a physical book. It could be listening to a podcast. It could be keeping up to date with the latest trends on any online platform. But we constantly need to read and evolve. And that's mm-hmm. how we're going to form a better opinion. That's how we're going to be able to develop personally and professionally, grow up as adults and grow up professionally as we're building a business or we're building our personal brand in whatever industry you're in. So never feel like you've reached. Like I know a lot of people who own businesses and they're like, I've reached and COVID came and then COVID was like, nah, you, you didn't even step on the bus. And mm. even during now, uh, people who have pivoted, they still have to learn to continue to pivot because it's going to continue. I think they said scientists say that COVID's going to happen for like three years. So we're in year two, So the lingering effects because it's such a massive pandemic. And I don't think that's too long compared to a lot of all the other horrible plagues that have gone throughout the world, you know? But I digress. So just always learn, always be ready to grow, always be ready to pick up the next best thing because the moment you stop is the moment that somebody will outdo you, is the moment that something that might evoke like your next passion might go past you whether you're like 20, 30, 50, or 90.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's a good uh, dose of reality for those who want to kind of go into that space. Uh, Jordi and Savannah, do you have any final thoughts or advice, you know, especially one from Victoria I and mean, all or just uh, things that you may know uh going into the digital economy that people should be uh, aware of.
2: Um, well, I actually really like what Victoria said, and I agree with that a lot, that being the biggest takeaway for me, at least. And that actually reminds me of a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Good read. Read that book if you want to be effective. Ready?
3: Yeah. Very good. Good book so, choice. I've
2: also,
3: Atomic that.
2: Habits. Read that. Atomic oh. Habits. Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, the tip in that book was something like uh, sharpen the, the knife. Um, so you just want to make sure that you're staying re- like staying up to date. You're constantly feeding yourself with information because you don't know it all. Um, and so I'm not going to re everything that you just said, but I really like that tip. That was a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Jordi? Mine would be, don't be scared to ask for help. You know, and it... It's okay to network with people across you. You know, I a lot of the times we feel like we have to reach out to somebody that's way above us to be a mentor. But, you know, like your mentor could be somebody that's sitting right beside you. And, and I think that the power of being self-aware to understand that you don't know everything, like Victoria said, and being humble enough to Look yourself in the mirror and really face the fact that, hey, like, I don't know everything about marketing or photography or heck, like sometimes I'm socially awkward around people. You know, like everything is okay because as people transition throughout their life, they realize that their parents don't know everything. You know, like we expect them to know everything, but like they're still figuring it out. Like they're still dealing with their traumas and everything that they had to deal with. So, it's okay to not know, and it's worse to act a fool and pretend like you know because the only person end up fooling in the long run is yourself. So, just ask for help because. Okay, like, Jody, with the gems. No, mm-hmm. like that was it. Yeah, like like.
3: Oh, oh, oh you were done. Okay. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Oh. I thought I thought I'll, you were like I'll throwing see. silent shade. Like I was on a roll here. Oh yeah. no no. That's no. how it felt. I thought,
0: I thought the screen throw was on jody I was just like. Oh no 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 no! Like I just don't wanna, like keep it too long winded because um like Victoria made okay. a lot of great points, you know. So like, okay. ask for help. Like it's so important, you know.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, I guess my advice would be, or hard reality, or dose of reality would be, because um, it's so easy when you're. I'll, I'll use Instagram for example, or TikTok, or whatever, like to be so consumed in these like apps, and then you have so much information and sources, kind of like you're trying to process so many things. And you know, trying to see where you're trying to traverse, or where you can navigate, or where you even try to find yourself as you know in your creative journey, in your business, or just any aspect in your life. So it's it's so it's a lot to kind of feel like overwhelmed by like so much you know information and, and, and details and everything like that. And I think it's important to just kind of like you know uh, I use the, I think mean, I use this kind of phrase before like you have a big cloud and just you know, jump. It's like a lot of junk and, you know, a lot of things in that cloud. And then, you know, how do you, how do you like make that cloud a little bit clearer and you make your vision a little bit clearer, you know, so that you could, you know, you know walk into your purpose and walk into your, you know, the different goals that you have in your life that's more important to you and it makes you happy instead of being so caught up in like all this information that everybody else is doing, you know learn when to take breaks, learn when to step back from those kind of platforms and then kind of like re-strategize and like, you know, build up your identity first. And then also important to always love yourself as always. But like, you know, you know, don't get so caught up in like the cloud that is not your own, you know, because you just, you're just just going to have too many things caught up in there that's not like that shouldn't belong there. And then, you know, you're just kind of just consumed in that kind of space. So I think it's important to like unravel that cloud a bit. And then, you know, just be clear in your visions and your goals and your intentions. And then, you know, ask the important questions, you know, don't be asking questions question and you don't follow through. you know. That's why I get like a friend that comes to me about relationship advice, but he's, he's still going through the heartbreaks and he's still going through the same, you know, pattern. So, you know. Learn how to navigate in your own spells and your own well-being and so you can operate better. So when you do go back into those spaces, you know how to, you know, work better. You know how to, you know, communicate better with people. You know how to process certain information and taking certain perspectives into mind so that you could grow and then, you know, get in, in yourself. So that's my those reality. I
2: like it.
1: Yeah. So um, I'd like to thank my special guest, Victoria Teller. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Um, that was another episode of the Blackville Podcast of uh, Digital Economy. Uh, that was a Blackville topic. You know, you can follow us on social media, on uh, Instagram at the Blackville Society. Uh, Twitter is the Blackfield HQ. We have a Patreon. You know, make sure you sign up for that. Become a Blackfield member. You get early access to our podcast episode, as far as other exclusive content. You know, we have more dope video, more dope content coming in the way. You know what I'm saying? So you know, stay tuned for that. And uh, where they could follow you, Jordy. I'm gonna start with Savannah first, and then Jordy, and then you know, uh, sort of okay. So where can you follow you, Savannah?
2: You guys can follow me on uh, social media at I am Savannah Lee.
0: And then for me, it is it's Jordy, I-T-Z, underscore Geordie with two eyes.
3: Oh, right. uh, yeah. I mean, for me, for my personal page, it's Victoria Knows Best. And for my marketing page, it's Victoria Knows Marketing. So really easy to follow, really easy to remember.
1: Build, build, build. Yeah, so that was another episode to conclude it. Thank y'all for watching, thank y'all for viewing, you know, continue to support, you know, share our content with your friends, family, strangers, whoever, you know, keep pushing us. You know, we're black all, we're trying to build our platform, you know, trying to build our audience, you know, especially for millennials and then, you know, generations going afterwards, because that's pretty much our target audience, so. Um, and I hope you learned a lot, you know, from each and every one of us, and then, you know, continue like I said, support, share, and, you know, Yeah, so thank you again, Victoria, for coming through, and then also to our co-hosts, Savannah and Jordy. I am your host, OBJ, and peace out.